You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Light crowd, but the best crowd today. That's what I always say. Yeah. You guys are awesome for showing up on a 4th of July holiday. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. I, I uh, this, this is, um, th- well, this is what I've noticed about myself. The older I get, the more I need basic things. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my late forties now. I'm, I am smarter than I used to be, but even with all of the intelligence that I've gained, I realize that I need the Lord more than ever before. And God is not church and God is not prayer, but I do find the Lord when I go to church and when I pray and when I sing. I mean, none of those things are God himself, but they are conduits to having a better friendship with him. And I am, I'm getting more and more in my life having to lean on him. So, which uh, is, leads me to this message today, which is, I, I think for the first time in my life, I'm going to preach a sermon series. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, I think uh, Robin's going to be gone, I believe, six, six or seven weeks. And of those uh, seven weeks, I'll be preaching four times. We've got some amazing guest speakers coming next week. Matt Peterson is going to be preaching. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be fantastic. And we've got Ray Hollenbach coming this summer. And we've got, I think, Randall Worley coming in August as well. So some great speakers. But the rest of the time, I'm going to be preaching a series called Shelter from the Storm. And and if if you're like me, you know that that's a Bob Dylan song, right? It's a great tune, you know? Um, but I was praying and I was asking the Lord what to talk about for four weeks. And he put it on my heart to talk about shelter of all things. And, um, and I, think, I think the last year and a half, has had a greater effect on me than I've realized. I feel like I'm just now coming up for air, and there's a certain amount of trauma that I think pretty much everybody has to one degree or another. Some of us have done better than others, but, I mean, the last couple of years have been, been fairly difficult. And when you go through hard times... When you face struggles, um, you don't always come out of those things without scars. Like, we go through things and we develop scar tissue. I, I had a friend tell me this week that he was observing me going through a hard season a while ago. And, and he said, Andy, you... You got heavy. I felt a heaviness on you from that season. And I realized that that was true. 
And it's not always avoidable because some of the things that we go through are particularly difficult. But the Lord wants his people to stay tender, to be tender, to face the difficulties of the world with tenderness. And if we're not careful, we can let our scars that we're not really supposed to hide, but we can let those things create kind of a hardness around us. And actually, they become a filter that we see the world through. And it happens by accident. We don't even mean it. It's just like we go through the day in and day out of life. Sometimes life is harder than other times. And out of those difficult seasons, we find that we get scaly skin. And I, I am sensing the Holy Spirit drawing us into a place of becoming tender again. So I want to start by reading Psalm 46 together, actually. So let's do this. It's a little bit weird, but let's stand up together. I've got it on the screen here. It's Psalm 46. It's in the English Standard Version. And, you know, reading the word in community is a little bit awkward because, you know, it's hard to keep up with what the reader's doing it. But let's, let's just do this together, all right? Psalm 46. And go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you all. So Psalm 46, there's some language that is embedded in there, uh, particularly the words refuge and fortress. But in your mind, in my mind today, I'm going to do a little word exchange. It's, I'm going to use a synonym instead of the word refuge. I'm going to say shelter today. I've been thinking a lot about shelter. I've been thinking um, a lot about how people thrive when they have support systems. People don't thrive when they lack support systems. A community of people who are traveling together, whether you know it or not, that's a support system in your life. Without support systems, people don't thrive. If you've noticed the epidemic of homelessness that's gone on in America in the last, I mean, it seems like it's exploded a little bit. What you're witnessing is 
people without shelter. You're, you're witnessing human beings that are facing a lack of support system. If you have parents who went to work every day and raised you and are still in your life in some kind of way, you have a support system. You have benefited from the shelter, both physical and emotional, that they have provided for you. You have thrived to whatever degree you have thrived because you've had a support system, okay? So I'm going to be talking about shelter today. So from Psalm 46, we see a few things that are going on. One, we see that the world is hostile and that shelter is necessary. Okay, that's one of the things I love about the Bible is the scripture speaks clearly and explicitly the reality of the world that human beings live in. It's not bypassing. It's not saying everything is fine. It's saying the world is hostile, but shelter is available. That's what we're going to see in Psalm 46 today. What is true of the psalmist who wrote Psalm 46? It wasn't, it wasn't David. It was this, this rock band called the Sons of Korah. They wrote Psalm 46, actually. And uh, so it was a bunch of people that were throwing lyrics into this particular psalm. But what was true of them is true of us today. Everybody needs shelter. And without shelter, it's hard to thrive. People need protection from the elements. They need a place where they can feel safe and secure. And they need a place where they can rest. All right? Shelter is the place where we can stop long enough to gain strength that we need so that we can face life. Now, this is basic stuff, I know. But without strength, we're easily defeated and discouraged. Isn't it interesting how at the end of a day, a problem is much greater than it is at the beginning of the day when you've had a really good night's sleep? You know, that's why sleep is so important. Like, If you have any money, buy a good mattress. I mean, a good night's sleep is priceless, in my opinion. You know, me and Amy don't have a nice mattress, but we are on our way by God's grace. We're going to get one of those, there's a brand called Purple. They got these little squares and we went and laid on one and we were like, oh my gosh, I've died and gone to heaven. Like who, who would have thought? Anyways, get a mattress, a good one. Okay. So every kind of person, young and old and in between need shelter and they need support to withstand the difficulties of life. So I have this really powerful minute, uh, memory that I've carried with me my whole life and When I was preparing for this message this week, it got brought back to me. When I was in third grade, I was in class with this kid named Jimmy. And Jimmy was the kid that nobody wanted to sit next to. Because Jimmy came to school every day and he stunk. So when you're a kid, you don't really know how the world works. You just think that if some other kid shows up and they smell, your only job is to like let them know, you know? And um, and so I was dumb as dirt, as most third graders are. And I just wasn't doing the math correctly. But this kid would show up in the same clothes every day. He, he was dirty all the time. He never brushed his teeth. He never had food to eat. He, he, was, he was essentially abandoned by, he was exiled by us because we couldn't endure his lack of support. 
the lack of support system that Jimmy had in his life was seen by the rest of us, but we were not responding in the way we should have. We just like pushed him into the outer courts and we went on about our business. And obviously that's a very sad story. I, 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 if I, my memory serves me correctly, you know, my teacher was a wonderful person and she got a social worker involved and there were some means of support given to this kid. But, but I remember growing up later thinking back to that young man who was, uh, obviously in great need. And it, it later on, it struck a chord in me. It later on made me realize how much people need shelter. You and I are in need of shelter. We can't live without it. People need to be comforted, comforted and strengthened in order to be healthy. We were not created to run on fumes. We need to be able to rest because without rest, we won't thrive. Our practical needs matter. They're very important, but so are our spiritual needs because we're not just flesh and blood. We're soul, heart, and mind, right? It's not enough to just take care or shelter the physical side of our lives. There's this other really, really important part, our hearts and our minds and our souls that also need shelter. Just like our body needs shelter, so do our hearts. So Psalm 46 is not a list of practical applications for you to apply to your life. Psalm 46 is a poem and it's a song. It's very interesting to me the way God chooses to get things to us sometimes. Sometimes he gives us principles, but sometimes he gives us poems. Because some of the things that we need in our lives are so great that a principle is insufficient to get it to us. Do you ever just wish the preacher would sometimes just give you a real easy practical solution to apply to your life so that you could go and apply the principle to your life and your life would just get better? And every Sunday you could just go to church and you could just pick up some good advice and a principle to apply to your life and you could go apply it. And if you did it correctly, everything would change. I would just wish God would speak to me that way, like over and over again, but he doesn't do that. He chooses to speak through songs and poems. And Psalm 46 is a poem for us to catch something out of. But this psalm describes in powerful terms the realistic environment of the world and the reality of a people who have sheltered themselves in the refuge of God. So we're seeing not a a prescription for life. We're seeing a description of some people who have seen the hostility of the world and who have found their shelter in the Most High God. Sometimes it's difficult to read a poem from the Bible and find a linear path of application. The Psalms are more often describing friendship with God than prescribing a method of how to relate to God. 
But there are things that we can catch from the scripture that can absolutely encourage us. The scripture is a feast for those who are hungry for the goodness of God. Amen. So. So there is an image in the Psalms that is one of my favorite images of all scripture. And and it actually describes what finding shelter in God looks like. All right. This is. This is. A, a psalm that many of you guys know, but before I let you in on what it is, I want to tell you this. God's shelter, the shelter that you actually need in your life, is a secret place. The shelter that your body and heart and soul crave and need and desire is a secret place. Psalm 91 says this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my shelter and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. The poetry of the Psalms is such a gift to us because they resist our inclination to make God the God of practical principle application. Let me say that again. The poetry of the Psalms is a gift to us because they resist our inclination to make God the God of practical principle application. God does not want a friendship with you that is him giving you good advice and you going applying that good advice. He has set this thing up. So that there's a little bit of difficulty, a little bit of mystery involved with it. So that you actually have to lean in to him. It's not that there's not principles. It's not that there's not good things for you to do in your life. But the way to get to those things is not simply a principle. It's by you coming in to the secret place of the Most High God under the shadow of his wings in the shelter of God. And just like people need shelter in the natural, people need shelter in the spiritual. If you're like me, you pay way more attention to sheltering yourself in the natural than you do in the spiritual. And and please, Don't hear me say that the natural is unimportant and not good. I do not believe that for one second. The natural world God created and he called it good. The natural world is important. You should excel at your life. God wants you to excel at your life. But he doesn't want you to excel at your life in exchange for excelling with your friendship with him. And if sometimes you find that your natural life is doing well, but there's still something a little bit amiss, it could be that you haven't come under the shelter that you so desperately need so that you can be encouraged and find strength in your inner man. Amen. Are you with me so far? So the poetry of the Psalms is a gift to us. Okay. Because... We no longer have to think that God is just the God of the practical principle application. But if you are friends with Jesus long enough, you will find out that he is not the God of easy answers. 
He's actually way better than that. Sometimes I just say, God, I just wish you would give me easy answers for all of my prayers in my life. But the Lord is trying to reveal to me that he's so much more than that. He's way better than that. And if all he did was give me easy answers to the problems in my life, I would actually get really bored with him and I would get really bored with my life. He has actually set this whole thing up so that we could all discover the limits of his love. We, you know, the apostle Paul wrote this one little line in the New Testament. It said this, love endures all things. We just think that's a cute little saying that we're going to hang on a sign in our house somewhere. But the thing is, you can't possibly know the reality of that phrase, love endures all things, unless you've been in a situation that was so impossible that there was no other choice for you except to apply love and walk in it. God is way better than being a God of easy answers. He is the God of the secret place where you will find out that he is your refuge and your shelter. The secret place, the secret place is the place of active trust. Did you know that you can kind of like have like this background belief, like in your head telling you, yeah, I trust God. Yeah, I believe God. It's like your default mode and that that is different than actively trusting God. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a difference between having a theory about trusting God and then actively trusting God. The shelter of the most high, the secret place of your friendship with God, that is where you will actively trust him. That is the place where you will actively lean into him. I actually am at a loss for words to tell you how to do what I'm saying. But I think that's the wonderful mystery of this whole thing. As some guy gets up here and tells you, tries to tell you mysterious things. The only way I know how to talk about coming into the shelter of the most high is that you actively lean into the chest of Jesus. You actively trust him with your life. And that's actually great news because you don't actually want to be in charge of your life. You want to come under the care of the most high God. You know, it is actual resistance to the way of the world to proclaim and confess that I am not caring for myself, but that God is caring for me. Yeah, because there is there is a thought. There is a thought penetrating in this world. A whole lot of people are walking around. They are responsible for themselves. They're the only ones watching out for them, themselves. It's a gift. It's a gift to people. Anybody who wants to come under the shelter of the Most High may. They can. So, The secret place is the place of our active trust. The secret place is where we actively lean into Jesus. The secret place is where, like it says in Psalm 46, like we read earlier, where we are, where we be still. I mean, that's not good grammar, but the secret place is where we be still. I mean, if you don't take anything else away today, You can say to your neighbor later on, the secret place of the most high God is where I be still. But there really is something to that. God calls his people. 
to be still and know that I am God. Man, Amy and I had this awesome experience last week. We were just talking through some stuff and um, we were in the living room and we were working through kind of this theological thing that we've seen happening in the church. I, I had woken up early on a Monday morning and I started singing that Keith Green song that we did this morning. There is a redeemer, Jesus, God's own son, precious lamb of God, Messiah, holy one. And it was like a, a, a fountain started bursting in my heart and in my soul. And I was like, why am I so attracted to this song right now, God? And, and I had I had been growing weary of what I had been hearing come out of the church at large. I had been hearing all of this language attached to, and, and don't judge me for what I'm about to say, because I am a believer in the power of God. I believe in miracles. I believe in prayer. I believe in laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. But I, I, I got this, I got this picture where I was looking at the church that all they were doing or all we were doing is singing about miracle breakthrough power all of the time. And it's, it's a good thing to proclaim. But Amy and I were talking and I said, you know what? I think, I think I would serve God just because he was God. And then we said back and forth to each other, God is God. And we had one of those moments where the atmosphere started crackling. It was like God walked into the room and we both, we both fell under a holy hush. We stopped talking actually because the presence of God came into the room so powerfully. We actually, we parted ways and went, went our separate directions. And then that evening when we were comparing notes over the day, she starts did you catch that? And then I finished her sentence. When God walked in the room and we said, God is God. And it was like, it was one of those holy moments where we could feel the Holy Spirit just kind of like adjusting our sight a little bit. Because I think, I think for a whole lot of people right now, the reason why they're losing heart or the reason why they're losing belief or faith is because the belief structure that they have goes something like this. God is good. Therefore, he will answer every prayer in the direction that I pray them all the time. And then when that doesn't happen, they don't have the theological framework to deal with the outcome that they got. They don't know how to receive the reality that is in their life. And, and I, I realized, oh my God, I know how to receive that reality. God is God. That is my shelter. No matter what happens in my life, no matter what goes on, God is God. And that is the shelter that I'm coming under. The secret place is that place where we stop our hurry, 
what's the thing that Robin's, I've heard Robin say this a few times. Hurry is not of the devil. It is the devil. If you want to resist the devil, stop for a second. If you want to resist the devil, don't hurry. I, I came up with this phrase a while ago. It's this patience is solidarity with the slowness of God. Patience is solidarity with the slowness of God. If you want to catch up with God, you may have to slow down. If you want to receive the shelter of God, you may have to slow down. We we need to stop our hurry, put the brakes on our addiction to distraction And we strengthen ourselves by paying attention to the presence of Jesus in our life. Okay, guys, listen, I like the word devotion, but I don't like it that much. Okay, it's been overused. Daily devotions, showing my devotion to God. Listen, I am all out of gas when it comes to proving my devotion to God. I got no more. I am I am stepping out of the daily devotions game. You can do it if you want to. Blessings on you. But here's where I'm headed. I want to stop doing devotions and I want to start paying attention. Because God is not where I'm going. He's already here. I just haven't seen it. Your spiritual life is not going to God someday. Your spiritual life is having your heart and mind opened to the presence of Jesus right here and right now. You're beginning from this place. Your life of, of whatever it is you do in your life is starting from the presence of Jesus. You don't come to church to get into the presence of Jesus. You come to church to sing with other people who are already in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is walking and talking with you in your life every day. And any idea that is saying the opposite of that to you is an illusion. So when you stop hurrying and you stop the distraction, you're not proving your devotion. What you're doing is the spiritual practice of paying attention. You are all of a sudden stepping into the slowness of God. The the secret place is always available to us. The presence of Jesus is always present. But if you're like me, you're not always paying attention. Here's the thing. Your spiritual journey It's not a journey to God. Your spiritual life is stopping long enough so that you can pay attention to the reality that Jesus is already fully present in your life. We become sheltered as we pay attention to the presence of Jesus that is always with us. We become strengthened as we pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing all around us. We access what our hearts and souls and minds need by paying attention to what the Spirit is whispering to us always. You are my beloved. I created you. You were the dream in my heart before creation was even created. 
I gave my life for you. Let me be your strength. One of the most liberating realities a human can ever experience is the reality that God is God and I am in his care. If you feel anxious, if you feel overwhelmed by your life, it may be that you have taken on the part that God has meant to take on for you. It's not that your troubles aren't going, are going to go away instantly. We're not talking about this. This is not, this relationship with Jesus, this is not a cure-all. But there is this reality of shelter that we can enjoy no matter what happens to us in life. One of the most freeing things that a human being can confess is this. I am in the care of someone else. I am in the care of someone else. That's true of you. You are in the care of a God who loves you. There's a Anglican bishop by the name of Todd Hunter who I was reading this week. And this kind of goes back to the earlier thing that I was saying at the beginning of my message where the older I get, the more basic I'm becoming. Like I'm heading back to things like as dumb as prayer. In my life, my need for prayer has always been there, but I'm starting to realize it. The wonderful thing about God is he can accelerate you to where you need to be. It doesn't, you know, you you can realize your lack of understanding or your lack of revelation or whatever, and then you can wake up to it and it's like a gift to you. It's not even like, oh, you've been doing it wrong all this time. You're such a loser. You know, I, I don't lose any sleep hardly over the mistakes I make. Hardly, my kids, hardly. I do lose sleep, but for different reasons. So my, my friend, Bishop Todd Hunter, he, he explains it like this. You may hear all the stuff that Andy Squires is saying today and be asking, he didn't really put my name in there, but he says, but am I really in the care of someone else? Okay, maybe you've thought that. Am I really in the care of someone else? Yes, this is fundamental. This is fundamental to Christians. If you're a believer today, the fact that you are in someone else's care is fundamental to your personhood. Because when you don't feel in the care of somebody else, that's when all hell breaks loose. If you don't believe you're in the care of someone else, that means that you have to care for yourself by whatever means necessary. The deep sense of, I don't have to be in charge of my life. I'm in the care of somebody else is the basis of a life without lack. It doesn't mean that you couldn't use another $5 or that you don't need a bigger house to fit your family. It doesn't mean that the daily practical stuff goes away. It's much deeper than that. 
When we understand that we are in the care of someone else, it gives us a way of being present. When we confess that reality that we are in the care of someone else, that is you and I going into the shelter of God. That is you and I going into the refuge of God. And it gives us a way of being present to the practical concerns of daily life, knowing that we're cared for in them. And, and if you're like me, it's a little bit easier said than done. Because we're not talking about living through getting a parking ticket. Or, or maybe we are. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that trouble comes to us. But sometimes people endure things that are not endurable. And this is like a really cute thing to apply, like, How does one feel cared for when it seems like all heck is breaking loose around you? That is the place where faith comes in. That's between you and the Lord. That's the wrestling match that you get to have with the angel of the Lord. That's the place where you get to go with him and be with him in those places of difficulty that you don't understand, that you can't comprehend, that you do not have answers for, and you let him speak to you. Because the preacher can only do so much. The worship team can only do so much. Your youth pastor can only do so much. It's the Lord himself who has the bread of life that he wants to give to you in a way that will feed you, that will give you rest, that will give you satisfaction in your time of non-satisfaction. So maybe there isn't a principle to apply here today. Maybe the Lord has made it so that we can't achieve shelter by simply applying some practical principle. But if I were to boil this down, if I was to reduce this, everything that I've said this morning to one thing, I would say this. Here's what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to put myself in the way of God. I'm going to get in his way. Like, I know that sounds weird, but that's just, that's, those are the words that I came up with for myself. Like, I'm going to stop hurrying. I'm going to get some distraction out of my life. And I'm going to put myself in his way so that he can feed me, so that he can give me something to drink, so that he can shelter me. Amen. I'm going to, I love that, that part in, in Psalm 46. I'm going to close with this and then we're going to take communion together. I'm going to stop and I'm going to drink from the river of God whose streams make the city glad. Right? You know, I, I, you can misinterpret scripture. It's possible. It's possible to read things and misinterpret and misunderstand. It happens all the time. But, I like the fact that God has a river and that his river makes cities glad. Because I really believe that God has a heart for the city of Charlotte. He has a, because he has a heart for people and the reality of his presence 
as a river is flowing in you and me. And we're walking through this city. And it's not because he wants to bring destruction to this city. It's because he wants to bring redemption and hope and salvation and deliverance and healing and all manner of his goodness into this, this place. Amen? Well, I, does everybody have a little um, fake plastic jug of juice and wafer here? Praise the Lord. Thank you for these COVID-inflecting little communion situations. Someday, I believe we're going to get back to actually breaking bread and dispensing it and drinking wine together. But until then, we are going to be thankful for what we have. Amen? Well, I sometimes I think about the way God reveals himself. And I know some of you guys have heard me say this from this pulpit before, but um, God did not come revealing himself as a man on a white horse, as a conquering hero, as a warlord, as a general, as a, uh, uh, as the president, as a, um, a big, strong and mighty man. He came as the meek I am. You know that? The Old Testament calls Yahweh the great I am. And it's true, God is great, but how is God great? He's great because he's meek. Do you know what meekness is? It's controlled power. It's having all the power of the universe and then incarnating yourself into human form. Putting yourself under the limitations of the human body. What kind of God would do that? In, in the study of comparative religions, there is no other God who has done that. All the other gods are mighty. All the other gods have big muscles and superpowers. And Jesus took all of his superpowers. And then, and then he had held up like this measly wafer, this half broken wafer. And he says, you want to know what God is like? He's like bread. And then he held it up in front of his disciples and he said, you, you think that God is like a loaf of bread? No, he's not even like a loaf of bread. He's like a broken piece of bread. God reveals his glory and his majesty by getting more and more broken. You know all the scars that Jesus bore on the cross he still has today? Do you know those two disciples on the road to Emmaus? Do you know why they couldn't recognize Jesus? Because he didn't look like he looked before he was crucified on the cross. Sorry if you have a Renaissance painting image of Jesus in your mind and, you know, that's gone now. But the man Christ Jesus has scars. I can prove that in the scripture if you want to go toe-to-toe with me on that. But this is what Jesus did. He held, He holds up the icon of bread and he says, you want to know what God's like? This is what he is like. And he came to feed the world. He came to give shelter to the world. He came to bring healing to the world. And then he did this. He said, when I'm gone, I want you to do this. I want you to remember what I'm like. I want you to remember that when I walked through the world, I was adjacent. I located myself. I approximated myself to tax collectors and prostitutes, people who you called out, I'm calling in. That's what God is like. I want you to take this bread and this wine in remembrance of me. 
Because how I was is how you will be. So Lord Jesus, today we love you. Today we confess that you're our shelter. Today we want to eat and drink from the river of God that flows through our city. Today we ask, Lord, that your river would flow through us to the rest of the world, to our little world that we live in. Lord, we do this in remembrance of you. We break this bread and we drink this wine in remembrance of you. In the mighty matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take it together. Mm. Praise the Lord. What a feast, amen? Man, that little plastic thing, who could imagine? It would be so good. Guys, um, one thing that is so important that we believe in at Queen City Church is we believe in the power of prayer. And we know that folks have needs like physical healing. Maybe you have financial needs. Maybe you're going through some kind of relational issues in your life. It doesn't matter. If you would like prayer this morning, we're going to have our prayer team right up here. You don't have to be be shy. They're great people. They're all really nice and friendly. And we have vetted them all. They're fantastic people. It's mainly John and Kim Schroeder. And uh, they would love to lay hands on you and pray for you. And uh, so y'all want to come up here and um, the rest, let's just stand together. And um, I will just close with this benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you and let nobody be injured by fireworks tonight. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. See y'all next week been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.